Welcome to Lift City Church Podcast, where we lift people into their next level relationship with Christ. We're so glad you're here, and wherever you're listening from, we're believing God that this message lifts you to another level. I never understood this, and we're going to talk about man talk because they're a different type of man. This man never understood hitting people on purpose. Right, right. Like, well, we fight when we need to fight. I, I understand. You want me to not, go not, in? Not, you, you want me to go? go. No, now, I won a bunch of trophies. Don't, don't, don't forget that part. I did. I did win all the trophies. Hands. He had, I had good, good hands, but fight people on purpose. That, was, that wasn't enjoyed. You, yeah. you want me purposely to go in there and hit him in the face. Yeah, that wasn't your vein. Just you like all that face. aggression. You said, I'm a man of love. Right, well, That's what he told his father. He said, I'm a man of love. Everybody on the football field is mad, Dad. That ain't Played hurt. football too. I did all the things. Yeah, he did all the things. He, he loved that. I mean, one game when he was in, uh, he was at McNamara playing football team. <laughs> in one game, Derek scored a touchdown, threw a touchdown, and kicked a field goal. That boy was Honor me. Honor me. Honor me. That wasn't my focus. We're not going to talk about the basketball court, though. Huh? Oh, he played ball too. Yeah, but we ain't gonna talk about basketball. He made me do everything under the sun. If there was a sport, I, I did it. Give Pastor Derek a tissue. Pastor DJ a tissue, somebody. Okay, cool. But it wasn't only sports. Right. You know, there was other things. I recognized, I said, man, you better mm-hmm. learn to have some love, some mm-hmm. affection, and, mm-hmm. and, and have some choice words and be kind and all that. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you set yourself up for They want you to come life. in. That's if you get married. They want you to come in. Oh, he so wants what, to come in. What do y'all well, think about men that all they know is football and basketball? Uh, not, somebody said not good. <laughs> Back up. We got to teach them some other things to, to be a man of faith. Or Amen. To, how about to love God? Mm-hmm. Come to church. Man, my, my family never going to beat me to church. I'm leading my family to church. Amen. What did he say? What did the man of God say? As for me and my house, we gonna serve the Lord. He's putting stake Amen. in the ground and let him know I'm I'm yeah. I'm serving notice. Yeah. We gonna yeah. serve God. That's you talk about true man. Man, you gotta lead your family. You was gonna say something? No, I was just I was I was trying to back y'all up a little bit because y'all both took we off. Y'all took no no no. Yeah, y'all ready to go? But I just like to always set it up with you know what I always say in this church we only teach it. What kind of people? Y'all excited to hear what God has to say today? So, so online and in person, if you on online, if you excited, clap your hands too, right? And so we do that because if you're not excited, you don't have any anticipation or expectation. And if you're not anticipating or expecting something, and then God can't show up because that's all about your faith. Amen. I think I saw Deshara and Jacob back there. Welcome back, y'all. Hey. hey. I don't know they they bought the babies, but they back. Y'all know this church is multiplying. I think next year between April, twelve between March and April we have twelve. There will be babies twelve babies. We gonna grow this church. Listen, if you don't want to be pregnant, yeah, I need you better be very clear with God because I had to pray for a few people to conceive. If you ain't want that spirit on, you gotta be like, Father, that one ain't me. <laughs> that one, you don't wanna be pregnant. Be real clear. All right, so let's let's talk about this. All right, so 
we're going to talk about man talk today, but I thought it was really important for us to quickly review the, the foundational scripture. How many of y'all want to live a God kind of life? Yes. Amen. So over in Romans chapter 14, verse 17, and I've been reading from the Passion Version, if they could pull that up. I'll go ahead for the sake of time and start reading. But it says, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of rules about food and drink. This is, we've seen this every week. But it is in the realm of Holy Spirit filled with righteousness, peace, and joy. So what we have learned is that the kingdom of God, what it looks like is righteousness, peace, and joy. Now, what God is saying is he wants your life to look like this. A life full of righteousness, peace, and joy. How many of y'all could get with that kind of life? The peace of mind, the joy of God, no matter what's happening in my life. Because the truth is, we do live in an evil, cruel world where, unfortunately, sometimes things impact us. But God kind of life, the way that God wants us to live is, in spite of, despite of it all, we have righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And then verse 18 says, why? Serving the anointed one by walking in these kingdom realities pleases God. So why does God want you to live a life of righteousness, peace, and joy? The reason is because it pleases him. Somebody Look at somebody and say, a good life pleases God. Do y'all hear that? When you live a good life, it pleases God. But not only does it please God, but it earns the respect of others. How many of y'all going to follow somebody with a ratchet life? None of us, right? You're not going to follow anything that's ratchet. So this is why God said it pleases him and it earns the respect of others. So one of the, uh, one of the, the questions that I had for this, 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 these two handsome men right here is that I wanted to talk to them about the choices that men make because of the importance that, uh, that every man understands that their role is impactful and important. In the day and age that we live in, and just through talking to various people in every, walks of li every walk of life, including church, job, community, or whatever, there seems to be, and you might could address this real quick, there seems to be this, uh, this challenge with the role that a man plays in our culture today. You understand where I'm going? So talk about that a little bit before we get into the question. I think that what I, um, I think what came to my head was the term identity just kept circling in my head when you asked the question. Because I think as men in general, we tend to get our identity from the wrong place. Ooh, okay. And I think that, it, that is at the crux of a lot of our issues. Mm -hmm. um, it's because we identify as something that God never intended for us to identify with. And we let culture, we let other guys, we let generation, we let music, mm -hmm. and I'm a big music person, there's a whole war going on right now, how, how many people been watching D1 go off with people on, online, and there's a whole argument, oh D1 clout chasing all that other stuff, now, now y'all wouldn't be talking if you didn't say that name, um, but, but one of the things that he's been talking about, like musically for the rap community, is what we identify with, mm -hmm. we, I, we, are, we as a culture identify with the wrong thing, because we grew up thinking that in order for us to be successful, this was the path mm -hmm. in order to get to a success. So we place the label on ourselves that I have to do this to get towards the successful route, as opposed to going to the word of God to get an understanding of what our identity is, which then makes being saved the best choice you can ever make. So I was gonna ask him, for you, what is the number one choice every man should make? Well, number one, I mean, I, I just said that, turn the mic down just a little bit, thank you. Uh, number one, the Bible, I gotta go to the Bible. 
that's our chief source. I mean, if you want to, Miles Monroe said, if you want to know the use or the purpose of a thing, go back to the creator. Yeah. And we are all created by God. So we want to figure out how to operate and function right in life. We have to look to the creator's direction, his manual of instruction. Mm -hmm. And that's the Bible. And the Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, a very well-known scripture, seek ye first the kingdom of God mm -hmm. and his righteousness, and then all, uh, some of these things will be added unto you. <laughs> what? All, all, you mean, all, if I seek God, all the other things that I have to deal with in life will be added unto me? He said all. So number one thing is a man or a woman of God has to seek first God which is God's way of doing things. So I have a question. You can say what you just thought about, but piggybacking on what he just said, your fa father modeled that for you in our home. Answer Jesus. Your, your father, it's okay, y'all can answer the Lord if you call him. Um, your father modeled that in the home for you, but I would like to know how important or how impactful was that for you to see that your father, his choice was first God? But that goes to what I was thinking about. Okay. He modeled that out of the scripture, not out of his flesh. Ooh. Okay, explain, explain. Because what I was thinking about in continuation of my previous thought is when it comes to church, our generation, especially my generation, we have entered into a phase, not really, it's not really a new phase, it's now been our entire lives, where we don't just accept things anymore, right? I'm about to make a, a correlation with something. Culturally. Okay. Like the, your pastor or the church people say, you got to do this because they just say, well, what does the Bible say? What do we have to do? Oh, I, there ain't nothing but about the Bible. But in my generation, that's, we yeah, accept it. Your generation is like right, the, so. the, the mom and daddy said, this is what it is. Right, right, right. And that was it. You ain't asked no questions. Exactly. Our generation, we go, all right, so what you just said, let me go on over here. <laughs> See this. What scripture was that again? Oh, it what oh, so that was your opinion. Right. Oh. And so we're but we do that with a lot of energy, but as men, we don't apply that same thought process to the identity that other people try to give us. Ooh. Okay. We don't we don't apply that same vigor to our homeboys in our community. When he says, oh, we got to do this, 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 or you got to, or a man looks like this, we don't go back and go. We don't Google that. We, we don't Google you that. You said I had to do what? We, we don't Google that. That's where was that? Saying. Where was that in the scripture that I had, to, that a man looked like that? Where, where was that? We don't do that. We just accept it because a bunch of men said this is what a man looks like. I just decide collectively. That's a man. So my father didn't model manhood to me as a man in and of himself. He modeled being a man of God, God's man. That's rich. That's he rich. modeled what, 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 what being a reflection of a man that looked like God looked like. Mm -hmm. And that's a completely different representation. Yeah. Now, does that mean that there are some manhood things that still carry over with that? Does it mean that my father didn't do things that he was like, I would prefer and I think you would live a better life mm -hmm. if you did X, Y, and Z? Right. But he was modeling out of the scripture, not out of his personal preference. And so how, how that has that impacted your life and now you're a full-grown man can't believe you're a whole man you're a full grown, you're with a whole full, child with it's a crazy. whole wife and a whole baby every time i see a baby my marcus baby. walked up here and i said oh my god i'm about to have one of those <laughs> <laughs> i was shook <laughs> the baby was waving i was like father 
dear God, what's happening? Okay. So, so, and then I'm going to let you go, babe. I, but I wanted to know how did that impact or how did that infiltrate your life, your choices, so forth and so on? Um, I think it allowed me to not mold into what other people said about me. It, okay. al it allowed me to not, I'm a, I'm a very different kind of guy. I just am. You are. Um, and I just always been. Yeah. And, that, and, I, and to be clear, this is not perfect because every part of my difference, me and my father were not always in agreement on. <laughs> right, so let right. me also flip to the other side and let me not say like everything is just yeah. perfect. And it was uh, several things. You know, every man reaches that stage where you and your father are like, you square up. I'm bigger than you now. You square up. Don't do it. Don't what, do it, Mr. What you Don't gotta, do it. What you got to say. <laughs> when you reach that time, nah, not really, but you get what I mean. You reach that point where you're like, nah, Dad, I don't, mm -mm, no, you have, not, you have a difference of opinion. You have a difference of opinion. Coming into your not, own man. Coming to your own, right. But I think um, it allowed, but his model of being a man of God allowed me to do that. Right. To get to a point where I could learn to respectfully say, this is what God is calling me to. He's mm -hmm. calling me to do this. X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. And learning how to, um, him allowing me to trust in that. Right. I know why I just thought about me quit my job. We'll tell that story later. Yeah, you can tell That's that story. story. You had something you wanted to share with regard to no, that? No, Derek was talking about how we allow our friends and our community and TV and media. That's why they call it pop culture. It's popular. But a lot of times pop culture will not lead you in the direction of Christ because pop culture is doing it the world's way. Right. And we are in the world, but we're not of the world. And if you follow the dictates of the world, you're going to have the world's reward. Mm -hmm. How many of y'all like the world's reward? No, don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand because some people, some people might say, I like it's doing me pretty good right now. But the Bible said, Excuse me, what profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? Yeah. You leave here without making peace with God, yeah. you going somewhere where you don't want to go. So, sweetheart, what's the impact in your vision, and both of y'all can answer this before I move to the next question. What is the impact of a man in how God created a man's function and role? What is an, the impact ultimately of a man not leading his life and then therefore if he has a family his family according to the scripture and what God has mandated well I'm gonna play off of what I heard Derek say Derek said talked about uh, a search for identity mm -hmm. uh, that's one of the key functions of a father to help instill an identity in the family you mess with the Millards if the Millards was fighting, let's say if I was fighting a bear, you better help the bear because <laughs> the bear's in trouble. We ain't backing down from nothing. We ain't taking too much lip because we have an identity. We stand in. We don't cut and run. We stand in for the fight. Help teach your family an identity. That's what I want to oh, do. So I looked at my dad and I looked at the absence of my dad in my life the way I needed to to be him. what what can I do to pour into my family that I didn't get from my dad? Oh, that's good. I, 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 I didn't, my mama couldn't teach me, hey, dry your privacy area, otherwise oh, you'll end oh, up and getting a, you'll get a jock itch. <laughs> that's she real. didn't know that. No, that's real. <laughs> my, my mother, Ladies need to be dry? 
Yeah, you got it. I mean, everybody dry. My, dry. Everybody as, dry. Yeah. Dry as, yeah, as big as I was when I was coming up, I wasn't the fighter. I was, because I was raised by my mama, I was affectionate. I was loving. I was friendly. I was friends with everybody. I, high school, I was homecoming king runner-up. If you look at the picture, you see the girl who was in the thing got her hand on my leg. We was watch that, it, we was that friend. I, I'm just saying, the boy grew up friendly. I mean, I wasn't all rough and tough. I, 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 I had values and things that I didn't get and see from my father that I got from my mother. So as I grew up and, and started reaching manhood, I had to figure out what was the ingredients. Now I got a boy. What can I pour into him that my dad didn't pour into me? And that was identity. I had to let him know, hey, man, I, I, get, I put him in karate. Why? Because I don't want anybody picking. I want to give you a certain set of skills <laughs> so that if anybody messes with you, you can handle your business. Right, right. Taught him who he is and who he was so that when the fellas and, and even the girls would come your way and try to put something in your ear, I've given you identity. I let you know who you are and who you stand for. I set before you life and death. Choose life. So can I say this? Y'all gonna clap? Go ahead and clap. <laughs> that, that was, as I think about it, that was really, really important that you establish identity really for both, for both of them because both uh, my son and my daughter, and that was so important because when they were presented with ideas that were outside of the identity that their father through the word of God gave them, it's not that they were not presented with other identities. No, let's step in first. Can we take it a step further? Yeah. It's not that we were not presented, and it's not that we did not take what we were presented sometimes. Right. No, listen. Yeah. Let's be real. Yeah. No, because sometimes we try to put this picture that every time it was no, presented, no. we just said no. No, absolutely not. The lies. There was a lot of times yeah. I just Yeah, you just went did, on. But, but my point was that it wasn't that you could just accept it or you all could accept things hook, line, and sinker without your conscience no, that's what I'm, dealing I'm, with you. But okay. that's what I'm adding on. Okay. To get, yeah, I went on in choice, but when you put your children or put yourself in an environment to mm -hmm. hear a word of God, you are held accountable for what you yes, hear. Yes, yes. Always. And for most of the people who have turned away from God or tried to go out and do your own thing, most of you can agree Either it didn't work, or while it was out there, there was that thing in the back of your head that just kept saying, you know you're about to play yourself, right? Right, right. <laughs> you, know, you know this is about to get real ugly for you. I'm yeah. telling Holy Spirit just like, you, you can stop now. Yeah. You, can, uh, you can cut this thing off now. You want to keep going? Yeah. A and that came from being in environments like this consistently to have something to counteract. I remember one time <laughs> I had decided I was mad. I was mad at God. I've been mad at God before. Yeah. I was mad. Something happened. I was mad. I was like, God, I don't like you no more. So I was like, I'm not going to church. It was in college. I was like, I'm not going to church. I'm not talking to nobody. I'm not. Forget all of y'all. So for three weeks, I was just living. I was just, I was just, I'm going to do every bad thing I that I wanted to do. I'm going to do them all. I'm going to, everything God, I'm just forget it. I'm going to just, me and sin just going. <laughs> Hang out. Hang we up. just going to do it. So for three weeks, seriously, for three weeks, I was just. And because, I'm the, because I've been raised in an environment that I knew that the only way I could stay out there was to cut this off. So they were calling, and I was like, 
not picking up the phone. He didn't answer the phone. He wouldn't For three him. weeks, I did not. I was like, I'm not answering then, the phone. Because I knew what was on the other side. I was like, as soon as I hear her, their voice, it's going to be over. And I don't want it to be over. I don't want it to. So right now, I'm not talking to you. I'm not talking to you. I'm not talking to God. I'm not talking to none of y'all. But hold up, hold up. By then, the Lord had invented text messages. He wouldn't pick up a phone, but he got that text I sent. And she sent me a text. She said, if you don't pick up this phone by Monday, I'm cutting off every card, every finance, everything that could ever cause you to even have a scrap of morsel to eat. But pause. This is why community is important. And a lot of you, I'm going to tell you exactly how, because many of you have been in this position before. We look at, at accountability as intrusion. Mm. Oh, that's good. Where, where, where we decide, because I want to live my life, being accountable to people means you've intruded in my life. And I remember at that time, because I had gotten mad, I had a pastor at the time. My pastor in Philadelphia, called me. who was a college pastor, somehow got my mother's number and called my mother in Maryland and said, I have not spoken to your son in three weeks. And for all the time, because I, because I had gone so bad, I was out there doing publicly. One, like, like people knew I was out there. Because I was, a, I was a, like I am now, I was a community person. People knew who I am. So like I was so out there at that time and so angry with God. People saw me out in the street, like doing things. I was like, hey, y'all. You know when you think you... Just you know when rebellion. you're trying to be proud? Come on, y'all know I'm, I'm yeah. being transparent, but many of y'all have been there where you so, you've got to a point where you are so prideful and so rebellious and so angry that I did not care. I was literally walking in the rooms going, what's up? I was that. And he called me. He said, I heard your son is out here. I ain't seen him in three weeks. I've called him. And she took me a text. She said, I will cut off every research by Monday. And I'll never forget, I was standing in... Um, I used to work at a theater. I was working ticketing office at a theater. And she called me. She was like, you better pick up this phone. And I went into the green room of the theater. And she picked up the phone. And she said, Derek. And as soon and I don't, suck it back. Oh, uh, yeah. Because, because it brings you back to that moment. Like, literally, I can remember vividly that moment. She was like, because some of you have had that moment or you're getting ready to have that moment. Mm. Where, where God arrests you to yourself. Where he, where he brings you back to yourself and you realize, hey, this ain't who he said I am. Yeah. And she picked up the phone. She said, Derek, what's up? And I said, I'm so mad. And I just started bawling, sobbing. I was in the theater back office just sobbing. I said, I'm so angry. I don't understand why I'm the person that got to deal with this, why I'm the person that had to go through this, yada, 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 yada. I was so furious with God. And at the end of it, I'll never forget, I ended up talking to her. She talked me through it. And I went back to my pastor because she was like, you're going to go to your pastor? Because this is how honorable this woman is. She's my mother and sent me back to my pastor. This, this, is, this is my mother. And she said, this is what you're going to do after this conversation. You're going to get up and you're going to go to your pastor's office. And you're going to sit in there with your pastor and you're going to tell the truth. And I went back to the office. I remember I sat in the office and I said, he said, what do you want? I said, I want to want to do right. Mm. I'll never forget that sentence. Mm. I, I never, because it was me being so transparent to say, at this stage of my life, 
and I'm so angry right now, I don't even want to do right. And I want to be honest about that to say, God, I need you to put the want to want Mm -hmm. to do right. I'm so out here right now that if you want me, I need you to put the want back in me. Because that's how, that's how angry I am. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and God was your pastor because I allowed, because I knew you had a good pastor. We both, we allowed his pastor to walk him through whatever he needed to walk him through because we understood that as his parents, that wasn't our moment. We had done everything that we needed to do. I, we had to be clear. This is not our moment right here. Well, we also, we also knew, see, one of the longest trips in the journey that a person will take is that boy in the pig pen. He yeah. came into himself. Self, yeah, that's yeah, good. That's the, that's the longest journey. He came to himself and realized, man, I had better. What am I doing in living in this pig pen? Yeah. Living like a pig, getting ready to eat the slop. And the sad thing about it is he was a Jew, and Jews didn't eat nothing with it. I mean, he was sinking beyond the depths in his life to do things that he knew his culture. That's why identity is so important. Yeah. What is the first thing that the devil tried to tempt Jesus with? His if identity. you be the son of God. His identity. But try, the first place he attacked was his identity. That's how important it is. Oh, da, 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 boy, sure. That's how important it is for you to know who you are in Christ Jesus. You got to know it. That's why, one of the reasons why I don't worry about my kids is because I did everything I could to give you your identity in Christ. So hold that, hold that thought because I think it's always important to say that as parents, we can always look back and say, I could have, I should have done whatever, right? But what you have to rely on is all the things that you did do. Because God tells us already, like God, was not God the perfect parent to Adam? Perfect. To Adam and Eve. But they still chose to mess up. So you got to free yourself, release yourself of even the mistakes you know you made, which you, which you didn't know. Release yourself from that. The part that I did know to do, I did that. And I'm going to believe God is going to take care of my kids because I did that. Let me come back and get, let me come back and get somebody. Because immediately when he started talking, I heard between us, there's somebody in the room that can say, but I... I was never in the prince castle when I went to the pig pen. There are some people who are literally like, you talking about come back home. I ain't have, I I ain't had the thing that you're talking about come back to. And immediately Holy Spirit said, that's my word said you are grafted in. Mm -hmm. That's why the Bible literally, and if you look at grafted from a scripture, from a scriptural perspective, he's talking about in a plant. If you've ever grafted a plant back together, they literally rip off a portion of the plant and leave a space, and they attach a branch that was not a part of that plant to that space, and they hold it together tightly in place until the new branch that wasn't a part of this tree grafts itself into the tree and becomes part of the tree that exists. That's literally what he's saying from a biblical perspective. So he's saying, I don't, let me come back and get you. You don't have to have the testimony that the minute you grafted, the minute you said, I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that Christ raised, that God raised Jesus from the dead so that I could be saved. You grafted yourself into the new tree and your testimony became my testimony to a degree. 
you can say that you have the same authority, the same access, the same lineage, the same, your father has the cattle on a thousand hills, your father has everything, I don't care, yes I care, but to a degree, you don't have to lean back on, my father wasn't in my life, you have a father. Yeah, yeah. That has grafted you in to his family, and he's saying, if you hold on tight to what I'm telling you about yourself, your testimony will be what I say it is. Yeah, but you're, but you're, you're that grafting, you're grafted into the family of God. It says we're knitted together. Like you said, we're tied together. Do like Paul said. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Just get with somebody. Look and see somebody who's modeling those principles that you want in your own life and just hook up with them. Just follow them. You may not have had the house, the kind of house that Derek was talking about, but you can see an example in church. Yeah. And you can connect with them and allow them. Yeah. That's why I say iron sharpens iron. Yeah. If you want to be sharp, if you want to be the sharpest blade in the box, get with somebody who's just of the same ilk, of the same makeup, uh, uh, the same precious faith that you are, and ride with them That's until funny. you're able to stand on your own uh, for the word of God. That's why Jesus was renaming people all over the Bible. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Like literally, when you, I, I think it is so funny. There's a point in the scripture, I can't remember. You may have just talked about this. Mm -hmm. Paul is preaching, and he is preaching about himself like he's, like the old person he talked about is a completely different person. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? Absolutely. He's teaching, and I can't remember exactly what it is, but he's teaching, and he's literally like. They were, they were accusing him and saying, aren't you Paul? I mean, Saul, who persecuted whatever. And, I don't know who that and is. And he turned around. He said, my name, Paul. Who y'all? Who y'all? He said, that? I wrong no man. I, I wrong no that man. That was the grafting. Yeah. That was literally him saying, I don't know whose testimony that is. What you're talking about. I don't know who that, I don't know who that person is. I know the person that's standing here in front of you now. And this person is a man of God. This person follows the principles of God. This person does the teachings of God. This person has a family that follows God. That's what this person's doing. I know you may have known that person. Hello, my name is Derek. I'm not the Derek you used to know. I'm the new Derek. Right. But I don't I, know that person. I think it's important to point out, too, because to your point, you know, when you don't have what you had growing up in a household, not that it was perfect, but it was a godly household, right? You could easily think that it's impossible to arrive at like this place, right? But you're looking at two people, your dad and I, who did not have fathers present in our home. Two people that did not have fathers present. So he didn't have a male role example. I had one in my grandfather, but I didn't have a father that was in my home. So what I had to do was, I had to do what Pastor Derek did, said. I had to pull out the best of the men that I did see. So that was my grandfather, that was my uncles, that was uh, my pastors, and model what I expected a man to be from the best parts of them. And that's what, that's what you have to do. You have to, because nobody has a perfect life or perfect family. And everyone has to understand that because a lot, I think in particular in the church, because the church is guilty oftentimes, and I don't even know if it's intentional, of like painting perfect pictures right. of life and family. And that is not the way that life is. It's just not. We have to stop per perpetrating the fraud, as my mother used to say, painting these pictures. But, but, but what the church is for, it is a place where I can come and be healed, I can become whole, and I can live a life different than what I would have had outside of a knowledge of God. 
But we're talking about purpose. we're talking about manhood. Yeah. That's why the scripture says there's a way that seems right. That's good. Because there are a lot of men who she just said, because we understand that this is not a perfect world. Okay, I just minute we're ministering to you right now. Let's not be deceived and think that tomorrow you're gonna wake up and then everything's just gonna Right, right. Great. Wonderful. Great. I found a new man in Christ. <laughs> and then just everybody's just gonna go, yay! Psh, that's gonna be it. That's not the way that works. So what happens is we go the way that seems right because it seems like it's more immediate. Oh, okay. If mm -hmm. if if I if I go about my business this way, I can get the money faster than if I did it the right way. Mm -hmm. I, I got I to pay these bills. So if I, and a lot of people go to like drugs and guns and stuff, I, but I like the thing she said, I, I could just cheat on my taxes a little bit. Mm. Uh-oh, that just whipped through the room. <laughs> because we start, we like going to, we like going to the deep stuff. We like, we like, we, but we don't like dealing with lying. Yeah. You, you are a habitual liar. You lie all the time. Everybody around you knows that they can't trust you. The reason why you can't keep a job as a man is because you don't follow your word. You tell people you're going to be in a certain place and you are not there consistently. That is why you cannot keep a job. It is not because the world is keeping you down. Uh -oh. It is not because the man has his foot on your neck. It's because your principles and your discipline is off. That's good. That's another reason why you made a statement. You said that we you pushed him back towards his pastor. The Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against spiritual wickedness in high places. If you want to deal with a spiritual problem, you better come with some spiritual weapons. That's good. And the Bible says the weapons of our warfare are not, might, are not carnal, carnal mm -hmm. but mighty through God for pulling down the stronghold. Strongholds where? In your mind, them thought yeah. castles. Derek had a stronghold in his mind. For whatever reason, he was alienated from God. The one thing that was going to help get him back on track where he needed to be in life. And, and one day, he well, it sounds like his mother gave him a little bit of help, right. not to mention all our prayer, like cutting off that debit card. That'll change your mind real quick. But, but I wanted to say this because, like, some of this he's not even aware of. And the reason why he in this, I'm talking about the importance of modeling the correct behavior as a man. Because a lot of stuff I didn't even go to him with because as my husband, he had modeled faithfulness. And I said, I don't, I don't need to, I mean, of course, I know at what moments I need to involve him, right? But I had said, I said, I had said, I said to myself, this man has taught me faith in this house. So here it is, I'm gonna have to stand on God by myself. Let me see if this faith thing really works because he had modeled it for me because he never worries about anything. He never worries about anything. And I saw him model that behavior. So I said, okay, I ain't even calling him because this is going to be a faith test for me too. And so that's why I did what I did. And he didn't even know about this story. I don't know if we ever told it to you. It may be the first time you've talked about it, but I mean, heard about it. But I'm just saying that because as my husband, what he modeled before me, it made me stand. And that's why it's important as a man what you model to your family, your friends, your children, so forth and so on. And your marriage is important. I have two questions, and then we're going to wrap up. Here, here, here are, here's question number one. Let me, let me uh, background it. History shows that men are more wary of marriage than women. 
Why do you think they resist? Why do you think men resist marriage so much, even though it's a benefit to them? Because statistics show that once a man gets married and they do these surveys, most men say marriage is a benefit to them. But prior to marriage, most men are wary of getting married. Mm, that's a good question. I, I, I think I have some stuff here that I, I found. No, no, I, I, I had thoughts. I was trying to put it together in my head. So, because I think when, the first thought that came to my head when you say, why do you think men re resist marriage so much even though it's a benefit to them? The mm -hmm. first thing that came to my head is, do they know it's a benefit to them? Mm -hmm. Or do they define it as a benefit to them? Mm -hmm. um, because I don't, this is again, media. It makes me laugh how we announce divorces every single day on the shade room. And, uh, that's it. Every five seconds we gotta hear about somebody divorcing divorce, divorce, yeah. divorce, divorce, divorce. We don't now hear about people celebrating their marriage nearly as much. Mm -hmm. And that way, it's sort of like the news. If you watch too much of the news, the news will <coughs> deceive you into thinking that everything in the world is terrible all the time, every day. True. If you watch, if you consume too much of the news, you will walk around thinking the earth is a barren, trashed place. Everything is in destruction. That is a lie. Now, does that mean that there are things going on in the world? Yes. But is, does that mean that there are very successful, happy marriages that exist? Mm -hmm. Yes. There are some people who have been married 90, 100. I mean, I mean, I mean they're in their 90s. Years. They're in their 90s. So, like, so I, I don't know if we, again, when you come into environments like this, you hear that success is possible. Happy life is possible. Mm -hmm. But you may not realize that it is a benefit if you look, if you identify marriage with what you see on television. Mm -hmm. If watching a Tyler Perry or a TV show is what you identify as marriage, we have a problem. They are built for ratings and drama. Yeah, yeah. In the TV show, they built in the divorce, the beat, the abuse, the yada, yada, yada. You don't have to have that. In your, that your life does not have to reflect what's on that TV. It's, it's very much okay. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes we don't necessarily realize, mm -hmm. nah, this thing is possible. Now, does it mean it's gonna be perfect? No, right. but it's possible. Good. Right? That's Love my thought. It. So, final question. I think, uh, um, I think one of the challenges is, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, we have stages of relationship. Mm -hmm. uh, we both start out with desiring a relationship. And then the next level, particularly for women, is they want friendship. Mm. And then after friendship, then you establish, then you pursue marriage, and then after marriage is sex. Mm -hmm. The problem is, is that men don't have that same order to get their needs met. Ooh. They all start out with relationship. Okay. But if you skip the friendship and the marriage and go right to the sex, friendship and sex, most men have got their needs met. Because the friendship they got in their brothers. They got, once you get the sex, so if I can have the cow Good. for free, why do I have to pay for a gallon of milk? And that's the way it is, that men get their needs met. Now, we're not talking about whether it's right. I'm just, we're just talking about men. Right. Once they get that sex, the average man is like, okay, I'm good. Mm -hmm. And they never get to the friendship. They never get to the marriage. And then after the marriage comes the sex because you jump to that sex 
right after establishing, just coming together as a relationship. They get their needs met. That's part of the problem. So stop. That's why Pastor I, Tracy says stop giving discounts. Mm -hmm. Make sure that they in for the full ride, the friendship, the relationship, then the marriage, the whole line. Because when you sell yourself short and you skip right to the sex, the man is satisfied and you still love well, what happened? The women trying to figure out what, what's going That's on. Good. That's Why he don't man. love me? Because <laughs> he good. I also think that as, and this is, um, this is why I'm such a proponent. I am a proponent as a man. I say it every time I get up here because I'm just, if I can wear it on a t-shirt. I am a proponent of therapy. I just am. I'm mm -hmm. like, hey, I don't care. I re, I, almost every time I teach, I've got up here and I've said something about it. Mm -hmm. Just because I think that as human beings, we miss valuable tools. We, like, like they say it all the time, really quickly. You go to the doctor for your physical health. You can go to somebody that can help you with your mental health. Yeah. It's completely fine. Now, some men don't even go to the doctor for your physical health. Right. Now, that leads into my next statement, which is a lot of the times the other reason is because I, men, we're so conditioned by society to just grind and work mm. with our head down. And when I say society, I include our churches because a lot of the times in the church, your role is to lead into work, but there's not always things set up to help you. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Mm -hmm. it's a lot, not this church, but a lot of churches are very women focused. Right. They just are. Yeah. Um, they don't do a lot for, to help build men specifically, a lot. Not all, be clear. So if you're watching or you go to a different church, if your church does things, great. It's not an indictment, okay, on the church at large. But I think because of the lack of that and because we're just conditioned to grind and work in that way, we don't take stock of our emotions enough to be able to articulate what we need in a relationship. Mm. And I think women do a very good job of that. So when we come together, my wife is very good at articulating what she needs emotionally, what she needs in conversation, what she needs. She, she can list it out. She's thought it through. But as a man, it takes work to articulate, hey, I, and to articulate it in love and to articulate it well. Because let me correct. I'm not talking about your wife or the person that you're in relationship with does something you don't like. I don't like that. What you doing? Bruh. Dial it back, because as soon as you, as soon as that octave went up, them ears went you lost, off. You lost, you lost. As, as you soon lost. as you, there, there was no point. After that, as soon as your volume went up, that's it. <laughs> them ears went off. But being able to come back and go, turn the knob down and go, hey, my feelings matter just as much as yours. Mm -hmm. Uh oh. Yeah. Uh oh. Ladies, let me help you. Somebody say they ain't catch that. Yeah, Somebody let me say, say that again. They say they need a repeat. Let me say that again, ladies. Let me help you. My feelings matter just as much as yours. That's good. They are just as valuable as yours. And just because you cry while you're sharing yours doesn't make it more valuable than Watch mine. it. Watch it. Let me, let me help. Amen. <laughs> just because you crying don't mean this opinion went down because you had... Okay. Well, maybe y'all need to cry. No, 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 no. <laughs> what probably needs to happen is you need, you need to know how we process and you need to listen. 
just like we need to listen to you, okay? And us being able to communicate, okay, look, my feelings matter just as much as yours. I did not like X, Y, and Z because of X, Y, and Z reason. I am leading this family in X, Y, and Z way for X, Y, and Z reason. And here's the part, let me also hope, a lady's note, because this, this order, and I teach a class, so you join LLI, Root Root for LLI. LLI okay, is such a Bradley LLI is such a great institution. I'm serious. It just just this is one of those, it's just one of those opportunities for you to learn more, right? So in LLI, some of the people who know who have taken this class, I teach a class on honor, and this this honor principle that we live as Christians is different than the world's principle, mm -hmm. because to honor the order of God for your life, it looks differently and it's more difficult, but it reaps greater reward. Mm -hmm. I'm saying that to say. A lot of times in these conversations, when you look at the honor and the order, we don't realize that even if, if your husband is a man of God, now I don't know if he's just out there just doing anything that's different, if he's just out there not living, but if you know that man loves God, mm -hmm. if you know that man is trying and is following God, and he makes a choice or decision that you are not in agreement with, or, or I'm not saying he just makes it on surprise at you, but I'm saying he brings it to you and says, this is what we're doing, and y'all talk about it, y'all converse, and at the end of it, mm -hmm. do you know one of the most rewarding things for a man of God is when his wife looks and goes, okay, I trust you. And I trust you, I trust you, and I back you. Put it the other thing. I back you in the failure or in the success. Because if you fail, you learned how to hear God's voice better for the next time. But what I'm not, the worst thing you can do is I'm attempting to follow God and I fail. And the first thing I hear out of my wife's house is I told you. Yeah, that, that doesn't work. I've made that mistake. You don't want you are no going to that. destroy. I, uh, I, I can sit here. I can see. I mean, I just smile because I listened to Derek and I was like, man, he's just grown to be. I mean, he's. He's far proud, beyond. Proud Papa. Woo! I have to cry. He's going to make me. Proud Papa. <laughs> I mean, I just listened to him. And Kirsten and, and my daughter in love, I just, you know, we yesterday we took Christmas pictures for y'all. And I was just like, <laughs> for y'all, it's hilarious. <laughs> no, but I just. took Christmas pictures because we wanted to. I just like. Because he means because no, we no. give out the Christmas We give them out, but it's like, for y'all. Everybody ought to want to have a family like mine. <laughs> but uh, I, was, I was listening to Y'all come get you one of these cards. <laughs> I was listening to the way he, the way he handles things. And he's, he's so much wiser at his age than where I was. You know, because I, didn't, like, I got a note right here. A man that does not learn how to control his emotions is the weakest man on the planet. You are to control your emotions, emotions and let, let your emotions control you. You got you to gotta learn, you got to learn to allow Christ in you to shine forth. Now, you know, I, early I started, this is my closing thought, I'll close on this. I said, seek ye first the kingdom of God, right? Well, what is the kingdom of God? In Luke chapter 17, verses 20 through 21, it talks about the kingdom of God is within you. Yeah. When you accepted Christ, what did you get? 
You got Holy Spirit. You got God to come reside in you. And when God came in, guess what he brought? He brought the kingdom of God with, you, with him. You got love. He says in another scripture, God brought, shed the love of God in your heart. He said, we got the mind of Christ. We got the wisdom. We got all this on the inside of us. The reason why you want your number one priority is to have a relationship with God is so you can leverage everything that God put on the inside of you to learn how to take the ladle of God on the inside of you and scoop out all that goodness so that fruit can come out. We, we got all this on the inside of us. Guess what? We never scratch the surface on taking of advantage of everything that God has deposited on us. That's why relationship with God is number one. That's you got to learn what God has deposited on the inside of you. You just live in life. When you live life carnally and lean carnally, guess what? The carnal things are going to dominate your life. Y'all know I always talk about power. I used to talk about Lucius lying and stuff like that, but he's gone. But he got like four substitutes because Lucius was so powerful, they brought four friends just like him. And if we lean and dominate and allow that to dominate social media and everything, dominate our lives, that's where we get in trouble because lean not into your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him, and he'll do what? He'll direct. And guess what? God's, you can't beat God's directing because when you direct, when he directs your life, you know you're not going to get sent down. Even GPS, your Siri will send you down the wrong road. Wrong road. If you turn, or if you go down, if you follow Siri and you go the wrong way, guess what? It will correct you. God's the same way. We got to seek first God, that relationship with God, and he'll show us everything else will line up. You want, you got challenged. I told a young man just recently, see, I said, you, you got a challenge with your finances? Man, do it God's way. Amen. I can give you a fish, but if I teach you how to be a fisherman, you'll always have everything you need. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. We'd love to connect with you. To connect and find out more about Lift City Church, text Connect Me, all one word, to 337-227-9820 or visit us at liftcitychurch.org.